I'm Julie Coleman. I'm part of the teaching team at New Hope Chapel. I'm really glad that you all could join us this morning. And I want to talk a little bit uh, today about being designed for community. I don't know about you all, but this isolation is taking its toll on me. Um, at first, I was really excited about all that uninterrupted time that I was going to get, getting to write and be able to focus on some of my projects. Uh, no appointments uh, to do, no errands to run. It was going to be great. Nothing to make me leave my desk. Well, that enthusiasm lasted, I don't know, about four days. And then I started to really miss people. <laughs> I mean, I have Steve and Melanie here with me in the house, but I miss laughing with my friends and investing in each other's lives and learning from each other. In short, I really miss church. <laughs> and I do wonder about that because there are a lot of people that um, are living without church. They live like this. I've met them online. And uh, they've given up on meeting. Maybe something was said or done uh, within their local body or denomination that caused them great hurt, or maybe they were offended by something. And then in light of struggling with that anger and that frustration, they start looking at other people a little bit differently and uh, start concentrating on the faults of people. And that's not hard to do because nobody's perfect. And uh, in fact, some people might even start thinking that everybody else are hypocrites. And soon the idea of going to church with these people, sitting in a pew with these people and um, worshiping together becomes untenable. And then one Sunday, they walk out the door and will never return. I know quite a few Christians actually, disillusioned Christians that are not invested in any church at the moment. And they substitute listening, uh, maybe on sermons online Sunday morning, not that there's anything wrong with that, <laughs> since I am giving you a sermon on Sunday morning online, but. Uh, they substitute it and they may maybe make their, their own personal study, something that uh, will hopefully fill their spiritual need. Um, but community with believers is no longer a part of their lives. But is that what God really wants from us? And I'd have to say no. And the reason I say that is because there's this little passage in Hebrews I want to read to you. And it's talking about that very thing, neglecting community. And this is what they say. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. The problem is we're not created to go it alone. There's a reason the writer of Hebrews admonished his readers not to give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage each other. We need each other. But why is fellowship so important to the followers of Jesus? Well, I thought about it, and there's several reasons I can think of. The first is, is that Jesus valued community. The Savior we follow and led by example, and he valued his relationships with people. At the beginning of Mark, when Jesus is first starting his ministry and starts to call his disciples, that was one of his first acts. Got baptized, went into the wilderness, retempted by the devil, and then he started picking up people that would be with him. He was going to train them and they, they were going to carry on the work of the kingdom um, but his time, because his time on earth would be brief. But there was an additional reason that Jesus surrounded himself with friends. He was human and he died, desired the uh, companionship and encouragement of people who loved them, however imperfectly, <laughs> and he lived out his mission as he lived out his mission to obedience to the Father. And nowhere is that more obvious that when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he had brought his disciples there, he wanted to pray, he was doing a lot of agony, 
a spirit, and then he took his three closest friends with him a little further, and this is what he told them. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Even the Son of God felt the need for fellowship. So we need to follow his example and value our relationships as well. So Jesus valued community. Also, God designed community. He designed us to need each other. It's how he designed the church to function. He gave each specialty a spiritual gift in which they could contribute to the body. No one person can do everything in a church. So when, he, when we're combined, it makes us a very effective entity. Paul talks about it like this in Ephesians. The whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So the purpose for our spiritual gifts is not for self-gratification or for our self-image. What it is, is they are given to edify each other, and that can only be done in community. So Jesus valued community, God designed community, and God uses community to teach us because we all have something to learn from each other. Um, there's a lot of potential perspective and wisdom available from operating as a community. Um, this is how Proverbs puts it. Uh, it says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Now, every Monday night here in this living room, <laughs> we meet as a Bible study, the women's Bible study, and uh, we share what we found in our personal study of a certain passage, an assigned passage. And the same thing happens on Sunday mornings at our church, New Hope Chapel, uh, in adult Sunday school. And I find in both of those groups that every week, someone shares some new insight I hadn't thought of before. Uh, they find something that's actually right there in the text and I hadn't missed it completely. And then uh, there's always something, always something I can take away from meeting with those two groups. Um, now, I do study that passage on my own before I meet with them, but it's only one person's perspective. We round each other out as we discuss. And I'm so much better for having to discuss those things with my friends. And finally, in our meeting, God blesses community. There are supernatural benefits from meeting together. This is what Jesus promised. He said, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. So to miss coming together is to miss a real blessing with God. You know, this summer I was inspired because several of us decided we would get together on some weekday morning to pray for the needs of the church. And as we bowed our heads and started praying together, something supernatural happened. We started, the, our prayers got more and more focused on how we wanted God's will, that this was God's church, that we just were open to anything he would have us do. Uh, please tell us, guide us. And all of those things were so wonderful. And it was just powerful. And when we lifted our heads, I could just uh, barely understand what had just happened. Because something special does happen when we gather in his name. Now I know he's everywhere at once, he's there present always, but he makes himself known a little bit to us when we do that. He's fulfilling his promise, where two or three are gathered, there I will be in your midst. So, long story short, we were created to be in community. We were created to need each other. And when we fill that need in healthy ways, God uses that time together for our good. We build each other up with spiritual gifts, 
We challenge each other with our words and example, and together we experience the supernatural presence of God, all in following Jesus' example of community. You know, my husband Steve, excellent fire builder. He can make a fire out of everything. And he, a lot of times, he will go ahead and make a fire in our fireplace when I have friends over or whatever, and then he'll leave the room and go upstairs. And as the uh, as he would leave the room, the fire would eventually start to die down. And I would always try to fix it, thinking he wasn't going to come back downstairs. And I'd arrange the logs, trying to let air get into all of them so they could burn well. And eventually the fire would almost go out. And Stephen would come, Steve would come down and he would say, what happened to the fire? What did you do? And I said, I, I tried to arrange the logs. And he's looking at the logs and, and he said, I think I know what you're doing wrong. I was separating the logs to let them be able to get enough air to burn individually that's not how fire works. A fire feeds off itself. And when the logs are stacked together and that there's nothing um, inhibiting them being together, that's when a fire is at its strongest. And that's when a fire doesn't go out. Because when separated, the fire will quickly die. You know, it's a very good example, isn't it? Of uh, a similar effect when believers gather in the name of Christ. We share the same spirit and our love for the Lord. We worship. Fellowship is as vital to spiritual health is food is to our physical bodies. But this week, no fellowship in sight. <laughs> Here we are stuck in our houses, same four walls that we've lived in over the past week. So I want to caution you though, don't settle for going it alone. Make an effort to call each other, maybe text on Facebook or whatever. Stay in touch with each other. Pray for each other because our need for each other continues even in a pandemic. Jesus commanded us to be lights in the darkness, illuminating the presence of God in us with our lives. He said this, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Now you notice he didn't say a single candle. He said a city, a city of many individuals working together to light up the world. You've seen what happens when in a dark stadium, when people start to light up their phones um, in, in response to something that's going on on stage. One light, two light, three lights, not impressive. But when the whole stadium, thousands of people, have their lights shining brightly, it is a spectacle that you will not forget. In that way, our light will be exponentially brighter when we choose to join forces with like minds and like hearts in Christ. So our comrades, they may be imperfect, and even at times seem pretty undesirable. In the end, as we persevere in our relationships, as we work through our differences, the reward will be great because we are meant for communion. Let's pray. God, I thank you. I thank you for designing us that way. I thank you for giving us a chance to be able to meet together. And I just pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ this morning as they're isolated in their own homes and just pray that we would not forget community and the importance it is to our spiritual lives. Help us find ways to communicate, to encourage each other, to build each other up. And thank you, God, that we have um, the internet, which didn't exist you know, such a long time ago, but we do now and we don't have to be isolated. Thank you, God, that you are faithful. Thank you that even now, as we meet in separate homes, you are here in our midst. And we just praise you, Lord, for your faithfulness and ask your help to be faithful ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.